And welcome to a special Care Home Management Magazine podcast. Today we cover the subject of insurance. Obviously, care homes need very comprehensive cover for all eventualities within a care home, and those eventualities are growing. Consider things like cybercrime, for example. So, to look at all the possibilities these days, I've been joined by two people from Towergate Insurance. They are the Trading Director, Carolyn Baker-Meller, and Divisional Claims Manager, Mike Glanton. Well, thank you both for joining me. To begin with, let's start with Mike. Can you tell us what makes up your inbox? What sort of claims are coming across your desk these days? So, initially, we have quite a few property claims. Um, We wouldn't normally touch on these, but given the recent weather conditions, I think it's a good idea to, to bring those into the fray. So, obviously, you can get storm and flood conditions. Um, that can lead into other property-based ones, such as subsidence, um, vandalism, those sorts of aspects, and then smaller smaller issues inside, such as escape of water, oil, freezer failures, those sorts of things. Um, probably more pressing to the audience would be the liabilities claims. So this would be anything along the lines of slips, trips, and falls. Um, if it's an employer, it could be through um, scalds and burns in a kitchen. That's something we see quite prevalent. Uh, manual handling, so people that aren't necessarily lifting in the right way can cause quite severe back injuries. Uh, and when it comes to service users, it could be anything from kind of uh, pressure sores to the usual slips, trips or unwitnessed falls, um, loss of personal possessions. We do occasionally see allegations of neglect or, or malnutrition. They are they are quite few and far between, but they're, they are something that we see. Then we've got regulatory aspects. So this could be anything from criminal prosecution through to kind of regulatory intervention which could lead to loss of license the occasionally we see some legal claims regarding sort of contract disputes and property disputes and tax investigations and we are seeing a few other trends which i think carolyn can probably pick up on as well well we're, we're seeing other things come through as mike quite rightly said the liability claims have always been there you know if you're running a business you're going to see those sorts of incidents but more recent years we've seen more claims for cyber cyber attacks um, we're seeing a lot more claims as well for directors and officers. So um, these are personally against the actual directors or for um, key personnel within the business as well. I think we have to really take into consideration at the moment um, the economic climate. And we are seeing an increase. Unfortunately, as the cost of living goes up, people are looking for somebody to blame and possibly to get some money from. But certainly cyber is an area that we're seeing expanding. So how do cyber attacks manifest themselves in a care home setting? Well, in lots of different ways. If you you think about it in care, you'll have some very sensitive records, personal records, and they're just so for people sort of wanting to buy those records, they're very valuable to buy those personal records. And people are so busy in the care sector as well. And whilst you can have some very robust systems in place of check, uh, if I give you a sort of a really easy example of that, um, we had an incident a few years ago where somebody always signed off a check for somebody but of course checks have stopped so it would be an internal email to somebody saying look we're going to pay this supplier can you agree it they knew that the director was in and he was working they sent it to the director's email 
the director allegedly authorised it and a payment was made. Actually, it wasn't that director at all. That director's email had been cloned. Um, and so a payment went out of, of quite a considerable amount of money and that sort of money could actually put somebody out of business. So it's not only the personal records, as I say, that are very valuable. You're looking after uh, vulnerable people, um, but it's also people are very um, sneaky, I think is the best way to say how they can get in and clone people's email addresses and get that information and get payments. With the with with the, the loss of personal data, um, one of the biggest claims that we're seeing is is people fearing that 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 data has been misused. That can then lead to um, you know them instructing a lawyer, putting a claim through, um, and obviously these care homes can hold a huge amount of records, not just service users, it could be employees. Each one of those individual records, if they're improperly a- accessed, could lead to an individual claim. Um, and let's say you're holding you know, a thousand people's data, each one of those puts in a claim for 10 grand, you can see how the sums are, are really racking up here. Well, that must give you at Towergate some problems with working through what must be a complicated process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think quite often people don't think they are at risk. That's more of a concern. I mean, I've worked for Towergate now for 15 years and 15 years ago, a big percentage of our customers didn't even have websites. And so we've seen such a change in the technology over that period of time. But people do feel that someone's the ethical people aren't going to get attacked because they're in the care sector. And regrettably, they can. And I imagine the impact of all this uh, can be quite substantial, Uh, not just from the sheer inconvenience of it all, but the long term impact can be quite devastating. Yeah, absolutely. And that, again, can cover so many sort of areas. Um, Your reputation, for example, can be hit very, very quickly. Again, going back to my point about um, sort of like social media and things being out there, you know, years ago, you wouldn't have found that out. But now it's instantaneous that that you find out. Again, we, we had an incident with a franchise and a franchise that had probably 60 different franchisees, but a common name across all of those franchises. So if one gets impacted, suddenly the whole group gets impacted as well so it can have a huge impact on anything like that so it can be reputation you know people go on to websites to check the cqc is in the public domain so anyone can look to see what records are on on there what inspections are on there they can do any checks you've only got to go into google and put in a name can't you and information comes up there instantaneously so reputation is definitely um, a big concern. Do you think care homes are sufficiently aware of all this? Are you looking to do a, an education job as well? Oh, a- absolutely. Um, we go out to see quite a lot of our customers um, and we talk to them wherever we, whenever we can at lots of different touch points during the year. We make sure we send out um, technical information and bulletins to them. But these are very busy people. They're there looking after our vulnerable um, parents or family, etc. Um, and they're very, very busy. So it's always a concern is the information getting to the right person uh, that they do flag that. I think we're very lucky insofar as there's some really good sector associations out there. 
who do really good uh, conferences and, and information going out. We work very closely with them to get this information out to them. So we do whatever we can to get the information out there. So I think there's a growing knowledge of some of these risks, but I still think that there's more that, that could be done to get that information out there. You don't want to scaremonger people, Alan, do you, really? Well, that is what I was just about to say. These are fine lines, aren't they, between information and scaremongering. Do you have to tread that line regularly at Towergate? Well, you have to because, look, we're there to advise, and, and that's what's important to us. We're there to advise, to point out issues, to point out things that we're seeing in the sector. But, of course, you know, you can easily get people going, well, they're trying to sell you something. Well, we're not. We're there to help and protect our clients' businesses. And I think that's by working in partnership with our clients, they understand that, that we're there trying to help and protect them. And when the worst does come to the worst, things like crisis management, are you able to give some sort of advice rather than simply settling a claim? Oh, absolutely. And crisis management is something that uh, we do provide under the terms of our policies. Um, we, we do. That is really um, essential that we're contacted as soon as possible because sometimes it's too late. It's after the event. Um, so if we know something's happening um, we can speak to customers, we can give them that advice and uh, that crisis management kicks in and it reduces the claim really because of that and stops the client's exposure growing. So yes, absolutely, we can help with that. Um, the response tends to be twofold. So you can have two limbs to a cyber notification. The first is the kind of IT exposure aspect. There will be specialists on hand to go in and find the threat, remove the threat and protect your data. Um, and then the second limb of it is the ongoing claims that may come from it. So data subjects whose data has been misused and those sorts of things. So it really is kind of that that start to finish um, support if that sort of thing happens. We cover digitalization quite often in our podcast as far as care homes are concerned. Do you find that care homes need to think much more about this before they take up their insurance and need to think through for themselves what risks they might now be facing? Absolutely. So, um, you know, we always say that prevention is better than cure. Um, insurance is there as a kind of fallback as opposed to um a reason not to take control and, and review of your own risks. There are things that they can do from a technical perspective, which are probably beyond me, but, you know, making sure you've got the right firewalls in, that you're backing up your data, um, and importantly, that you're training your staff. But there, there, there's there's so much that you can do and you should be doing as a frontline protection um, so that in the hope that you don't need to rely on, on your insurance at a later point. And that really does span across um, every claim, you know, it's a risk management tool, insurance, and there are many others that should be used in conjunction with it. We know that the costs of insurance are rising, and presumably, regrettably, that's something you have to reflect to care home providers. Yeah, look, insurance premiums have gone up, and I think there's ways to mitigate that, and that's what we work with our customers about. So as, as Mike just sort of said, really, you know, having a robust system of risk management in place that you can demonstrate to an insurer that you've got it there, that if an incident happens, well, what do you do after that incident to stop that happening again, where you can, accepting that incidents happen. You're working in an environment where 
somebody could trip over, somebody could put in a claim against you, etc. Or we have bad weather, you know, you can only do so much to mitigate it. But it, it's the evidence that you can supply to show that probably you'll run better than another care home. And that will help you mitigate. What we don't recommend is people hop from one insurer to another. Certainly, that's discussions that, that we have with some of our providers who might look every year to change their household insurance, et cetera, because you might get 50 quid off or, you, you know, you might be able to get a slightly different deal. I think if you can work with your broker, if you can work with your insurer, the insurer understands that, you know, you may at some point have a large loss and they therefore try and support you with that. But premiums are going up and some of that is because of the inflationary cost of claims and because people are living longer, thank goodness, um, the longer the cost of longer term care is increasing because of that. So the role of the broker is still vital, is it, in all this? It's not just a case of looking around and choosing the cheapest option. Yeah, and, and that it would be very dangerous. I mean, care insurance shouldn't be a product you just buy off the internet. It's not like tapping in your vehicle details, saying how long you've got it, how much it's worth, etc., and a premium comes chucking out at the other end. This is about speaking to a broker who can advise you, talk you through your business, understand your business, understand things that perhaps are out of the norm. Sometimes people have... Um, they might be at care home, but they also get involved in domiciliary care, for example. Some of the visitors they have come in and some of the events they do, you need to understand that. You know, we've got clients who might even have therapy pools at the homes and things like this. Well, you need to understand that, that business. So, yes, absolutely, you need to speak to insurers. You need to make sure that you give them the information and all information Clients like to talk about their business and we like to listen to hear about the business and what their ambitions are. So absolutely speak to a broker, particularly for groups, I would also say that you may have um, an individual home that perhaps has got some CQC challenges. It's going to happen when you've got a group. Whilst it would be ideal that you've got a hundred care homes that are always showing good or outstanding, you know, the, the probability is you're going to have two or three that perhaps require improvement, need new managers. So again, you need to speak to your to your broker to explain what procedures you've got across all of that group. And that gives insurers that comfort, I think, of, of how well that group is being run. And presumably speak to your broker ASAP, I should think. Don't leave it for a few days because timing, I'm imagining, could be very important indeed. Yeah, I think particularly on the claim side, which Mike can probably touch on, but the quicker you speak to us, the quicker we can help. Because there's a difference between an incident. So you could have an incident at home and Mike probably it'd be a good idea if you sort of talk a little bit about more incidents and the incidents we that we see come through. An incident doesn't necessarily result in it becoming a claim. So the quicker mm -hmm. we understand it, the quicker we can help and support. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's not just a claim, a solicitor's letter that, that can pose a threat to you. It can be a complaint from a service user. It could be a sufficiently sort of severe incident. Um, that means a claim could happen. It, it could be likely. At this point, you know, you'd want to engage with your broker so that we can work with you and your insurer to try and mitigate any potential exposure. 
this could have a, a multitude of effects. It could reduce the legal spend because it means that we can kind of get that view on liability sooner. Um, but importantly, with injury claims, it could lead to things like um, rehabilitation being provided to the injured party. So this could be, you know, if it's a burn, it could be a wax bath that helps the skin heal. If it's um, a, a muscular, uh, muscular injury, it could be physiotherapy. Um, it could be various other things that reduce the prognosis period and the cost of the claim. Which, which obviously helps affect premium. But in the same way, there are risks involved. So if something isn't notified and you go on to a new policy year, um, theoretically, there could be cases when insurers say that it's not in their period of cover, it's a late notified claim. And in reality, you know, our, our general advice is, if in doubt, notify. What that means is the claim goes into a watching brief. If there are opportunities to intervene that are, that are deemed necessary, they can be taken. But in the same way, if nothing happens and and you know no claims actually received, the claim can be closed down. There's no cost to the insurer. There's nothing there. It just means that your position is protected, um, so that if a claim materialises in the future, we can rely on that notification um, and get our clients the the support that they need. And I suppose that evidence is absolutely vital in all this. And that means, I suppose, photographs, any other evidence that you have that you can put together quickly. I would imagine. Absolutely. And that's that's key. The the, the timing of the evidence, um, get it whilst it's in, fresh in people's heads. It's going to have a lot more weight if this ever ended up in court. Obviously, we hope that doesn't happen. We need to see contemporaneous evidence. So accident book entries. Um, ideally, if there's if there's training and operating procedures in place, they would be really useful, particularly in the care environment, a care plan that's tailored to the individual, um, showing their individual needs. These can A, help with, with liability decisions um, and B, show, show the insurer that you have the right processes and the right practices in place. Um, and perhaps this is just a, a really unfortunate freak accident and not something they need to be concerned with. We touched on it earlier. When in doubt, speak to your broker. If you're not sure if you should report something, speak to your broker. Obtain evidence. All the things that Mike sort of spoke about, taking photos, getting witness statements, etc. The more information you give us, the better position we're in to defend claims. And that overarching thing, please make sure you're working with a broker that understands your sector. You need to speak to specialists within the sector in the same way you're a specialist in your area in care. Um, make sure your broker has that same specialist knowledge and can give you the support and help um, not just when a claim happens, but all through the whole 12 months of your insurance period. One thing that I think would be useful and which yeah. we see from our really, well, the, the clients that manage their risk really well is that they they learn from their mistakes. So one example with a large care home group, um, they notice a prevalence of slips and drips. As a result, across the whole, the whole of the group, um, they were putting in non-slip mats. They were reviewing that they had the same the same handles, the same bed rails, that all of this aspect was was being managed from from the outset. Um, claims do happen. It's it's how you move on from them and how you learn from them and prevent future claims that can really help our help our clients. Yes, that's good advice there. And my thanks go to Carolyn Baker-Miller and Michael Glanton from Towergate Insurance. You've been listening to a Care Home Management Magazine special podcast on insurance. I hope you found it interesting and informative. Until we meet again with more podcasts, it's goodbye from me.